This is a Willits Point Shea Stadium bound 7 express train. The next and last stop is Willits Point Shea Stadium. it is the subway to shape podcast anthony rivera here with you talking about all the news and happening surrounding that team from queens the new york mets you can follow the show on twitter at subway shay listen and subscribe to the show on anchor.fm apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, radio public Breaker, and Pocket Cast. Turn on those notifications to never miss an episode of Subway to Shea. And you know I just mentioned Apple Podcasts, so please take a few minutes to write me a review. Let me know what you think of the show, what you like, what you don't like. I want to make this show better each and every week for you Met fans out there. So by going on Apple Podcasts, you can leave me one to five stars when you do a rating, hopefully it's five stars, and you can leave comments and review the show. Tom G817 did that. He says, Preach, brother, preach. This was the venting episode of the year. Well done, my friend. Well, Tom G817, I can't thank you enough for the review. I appreciate your support. And talking about the venting episode, which was last week's episode, because I'm pretty sure all of us Met fans were venting over the frustrating, frustrating last couple of weeks that the Mets have been putting us through with some, how can you say, excruciating playing. And um, yeah, it's it's been wild, but I had a big episode just venting out how my feelings of the team were going on there. But hopefully moving forward, the team will get back on track and start winning again. But Tom G 817 once again, thank you for that. And that's it. That's all you got to do, guys. Go on Apple Podcasts, Rate from one to five stars, leave comments in the review section, and that's pretty much it. That will help me help this show. Before I start this week's episode, I want to thank Tyler Ward, aka Wardy NYM, for having me on New York Mets Talk Live this week as a co-host. It was a lot of fun recapping the Philly series and previewing the Washington National Series. As you remember, Tyler was a guest on my podcast not too long ago. I've also been on his New York Mets Talk Live in the past as well. Please subscribe to his YouTube channel, Wardy NYM. He produces great content. I also created some exclusive content for the HSP Network. Now, you know I promote them on this podcast because they post my podcasts on their YouTube channel, and I really appreciate that. Now, this time, I'm giving them exclusive content. It's my first time doing a solo video, and I did it on the State of the Mets address, which you can check out and watch after this. I'll be putting links to both videos on the description of this episode, so please subscribe and give it a watch. Now, on with this week's episode of Subway to Shea. You know, Pete Alonso said to just smile in his post-game press conference following the sweep by the Philadelphia Phillies. And, you know, a few days after making those comments, 
he backed them up with a big game-winning home run to complete a sweep of the Washington Nationals. Now, going back to those comments, he told Mets fans to believe in us. Don't just believe. Know that they can get it done. Also to smile because you get to watch baseball. Just smile and know we got this. And those were the words from Pete Alonzo. Now, initially, my thoughts were, you can't really kind of tell the fans what they should be doing, right? That's the, the initial thought process. Just have fun watching baseball. Well, it's kind of hard to have fun watching this team that has been mostly frustrating for the entire year. But I do get where Pete Alonso's coming from. He can't go into a presser being negative. We've seen that so much in the past, and it's gotten the Mets nowhere. So, him taking this stance, I mean, it's a very positive stance. I can't object to it, although I'm not going to just smile because Pete tells me to when this team is struggling. But I get it. I get what he's saying. He's not going to come in here upset. He's not going to come in here and, you know, tear the team apart. He believes in what he's saying, and he believes in the team. And obviously, I believe in the team as a fan, and I know you guys believe in the team. It's just been a struggle the last couple weeks. But in this Washington National Series, they turned it around. And Pete Alonso was a big part of that. He backed up his talk in the Nats series. He went 6-for-12 with one home run and two RBIs and a stolen base. Currently, he's batting two fifty three with 25 home runs and 65 RBIs. He leads the team in home runs, RBIs, on-base percentage, and hits. Besides Francisco Lindor, Pete is shaping up to be taking over the helm that David Wright had, that, that kind of captaincy helm. I, I think he could be a captain in the not-too-distant future. He's a homegrown player. He plays with a lot of passion and a lot of love for this team and a lot of love for the fan base. So initially... You know, I, I was a little thrown off. And that, you know, I always overreact. That's that's just me. I'm always overreacting to the comments, the press conferences, even some of the play I get frustrated and overreact to. But, you know, sitting here, listening to it for a little while, thinking about it, Pete's not wrong. We should believe in this team. We should know that they can get this done. They're in a tough stretch right now. But they did what they had to do against the Washington Nationals. I'd said that they had to sweep the Nationals for the rest of the season. They should win every game. The Nationals traded everybody. Trey Turner, Scherzer, Schwarber, Strasburg is injured. The only guy they have is Juan Soto. So the Mets should be able to beat these guys, and they did just that. And the icing on the cake was a game-winning home run in the bottom of the seventh of a doubleheader by Pete Alonso. You couldn't have asked for anything anymore. And I know they blew a three-run lead in the top of the seventh to close out the game. But Pete put an exclamation point on the game. He ended it. And the Mets came away with a victory. And now, after being swept by the Phillies and falling two and a half games out of first place and moving into third place because the Braves were playing well this past weekend, you now have the Mets sitting in second place, only a half game out of first. The Mets just need to stay in it. They got to... Either be in first, stay close to first. They can't fall too many games back. The margin for error is small. Pete got things done, and I give him a lot of credit, a lot of kudos for backing up what he said he was going to do. Now, he's not the only one who had a press conference. Before the start of the National Series, Zach Scott, I kind of feel like he lit a fire under the New York Mets. 
following his press conference. He was brutally honest with the Mets' play so far. He did not sugarcoat anything, and he did put the players on blast. Now, some may agree with him, and some may not, but the biggest takeaway for me is his comments on player compliance. Here's what Scott had to say. Most of the time, I'll be honest, it's compliance issues. Actually following the plan, because these are all individuals and control their own bodies. And sometimes, they're not as compliant as they should be. And that happens. I've seen that happen in the past. It's again going back to the individualized approach. You gotta take ownership of your career and your health. Now, this has to do with the Mets staying healthy. These players are not doing what they need to do to stay on the field. Look at how many Mets players have had hammy issues. And we always talk about it not hydrating, not stretching. I posted on Twitter, why are these guys not stretching? Why are they not drinking enough water? Give these guys water or Gatorade. And we kind of saw this with Marcus Stroman, who was pitching well against the Nats. But then he felt sick, and he looked dehydrated, to the point where Jeremy Hefner had to bring him water. Strowman even said he's not good at hydrating on game days. Now granted, it was an awful day. The weather was awful. It was very hot, one of the hottest days of the summer. But the safety of these players is most important. This is not just a warning for the players. It's a warning for everyone. Everyone listening to me on this show, myself, we all need to stay hydrated on these hot days. But as much as I want these guys playing every day their health is of the utmost importance and if they don't take care of themselves then we will continue to see this vicious cycle where injuries continue to mount and we see what is now what our 59th new player on the team it shouldn't be like that it should not be like that the faster these guys take care of themselves and get healthy this team could hopefully Fire on all cylinders, because we are in the heart of a playoff possible run here. It's late in August, we're a half game out of first place, we've got a tough stretch coming up, and we need all of our starters in the lineup. Enough of what happened in the first half of going through all these injuries. We need these guys to take care of themselves so that they can take care of this team. So do what you have to do. Get hydrated, drink water, drink Gatorade, whatever it is, stretch. This is on the training staff too, not just the players. What is, I don't know what is going on with the training staff not making sure that these guys are ready each and every day. And like Zach Scott said, some of these players need to be a little more compliant in what's going on. I'm kind of glad he came out and said this because we now know what we thought was happening is true that these guys are not taking care of themselves. So we need the players to take care of themselves. We need the training staff to take care of these players so that we can make this run towards a hopeful playoff berth and a division title. Now, I don't want to get on Strowman. I know I mentioned him earlier, but I I, I didn't want to single him out totally because I'm pretty sure he's not the only one that this has happened to. And Strowman pitched very well against the Nationals. He got the job done. 5.1 innings pitched, 3 hits, 1 earned run, 2 walks, 
eight strikeouts. This season, he's 8-11 with a 2.79 ERA. His record doesn't even tell the whole story of how well he's pitched for this team. Now, I know there's a lot of fans out there, and maybe there are fans also who listen to the show who are not a fan of Marcus Stroman. And that's okay. I'm not going to tell you whether you should like him or not. I just feel with what I've seen from Marcus Stroman that he should be a priority in the offseason. He's proved that he could pitch in New York. We need players like that here. Players that want to play here and players that play here well. And I think Marcus Stroman is one of them. A big win against the National. A must-needed win against the Nationals. And he got it done. Also, how about Trevor Williams? He had a great debut. Four and a third innings pitched. Three hits. One earned run. Two walks. Two Ks. On 52 pitches. He, if you don't remember, came in the trade with Javi Baez for Pete Crow Armstrong. And um, it's great to see him come up, help out the squad. You know, that bench mob mentality, helping out next man up. Great to see him do well. And hopefully he will stay on the roster moving forward. Also, a couple of other positives on the offensive front. Michael Conforto, five for 10 this series. In his last seven games, Batting 318, one home run, three RBIs. JD Davis, five for nine in this series. His last seven games, 294 batting average, two RBIs. Let me tell you something, folks. We need Conforto. We need JD Davis in the lineup every day. We need them to get back on track and put up some numbers here especially in the series that are coming up, which we're going to talk about shortly. But we need those guys. They need to play well. Pete Alonso needs the backup. Dom Smith needs the backup. If these guys can start hitting consistently, I have a good feeling about the next month and a half. I really do. And I'm pretty sure you do as well. Now, what's to come? The Wild Wild West is what's coming. Three games against the Dodgers this coming weekend. And it's not easy because Urias, Bueller, and Scherzer are the starting pitchers for the weekend series. On top of that, the Mets head to San Francisco for three games against the Giants. They'll play four games against the Dodgers in LA, and then they come back home for another three-game set against the San Francisco Giants. Now, I would love for this team to have a winning record once all is said and done. But, you know, I'm just hoping to finish at 500 at the very least. They did what they were supposed to do against the Nats and are only a half game out of first. They've got to stay consistent. They've got to come away and sneak away with some victories here against these West Coast teams who are two of the best teams in the league. Actually, San Francisco is the best team in all of baseball. Who saw that coming? But they are. And we know what the Dodgers are. They're the World Series champions. They went out and got Scherzer and Trey Turner. They're nothing to mess with. We all know. But if the Mets can somehow finish at 500 or finish with maybe a game above 500 winning record against these teams, I'll take it. What we need to do is not get pushed back so far in the division if they lose a couple of these series. 
if we can stay within a half game, maybe fall up a game back or two, that's fine for me. Or if they just somehow get into first place, I'll take that as well. But I'm trying to think a little more realistic from what we see on paper with these teams. It's not going to be an easy series to beat any of these teams. And we've seen how much the Mets have struggled offensively and most recently how the pitching has struggled. So this is not going to be a cakewalk whatsoever. It wasn't a cakewalk against the Nationals. The Mets struggled against the last place Marlins and they got blown out of Philadelphia. So hopefully the Mets can come up somehow, some way, either ahead in the division or not too far behind. They just got to start hitting. And hopefully Javi Baez and Francisco Lindor return soon. I know Javi Baez was available off the bench during the doubleheader against the Nationals, but he hasn't played in a couple of days. I'm not counting on Jacob deGrom or Noah Syndergaard to come back anytime soon. Every time they keep talking about Jacob deGrom, it just feels like you can just feel that maybe he might not be pitching for the rest of this season. I don't want to say that for sure. I don't know, but just the body language, just the way they're talking about him, it just doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound good to me. I hope he comes back in place. I hope we get Noah Syndergaard. And I think I heard Zach Scott talking about Syndergaard possibly coming out of the bullpen, which, hey, another arm in the bullpen, more depth, positive for the Mets. But the DeGrom situation is a little more alarming for me. Now, my final thoughts before this train leaves the station. The Mets added more depth to the outfield. They signed Josh Reddick to a minor league deal. He will provide depth in the outfield, and he, with Arizona, batted 258 this season, two home runs, 21 RBIs, in his career, 262 batting average, 146 home runs, and 575 RBIs, and that's in a 13-year span for him. Not only Josh Reddick, but Jose Martinez began his rehab assignment with the Mets. As you know, he was sidelined with a knee surgery. During spring training, he had a really bad injury for his career. He's batting 289 with 43 home runs and 182 RBIs, and that's in five years. So hopefully we'll get to see Jose Martinez or Josh Reddick, possibly when they expand the rosters in September. The Mets need depth, especially offensively. And if they can get help any way possible, we'll take it. You got to take it. You gotta take what you can get. Now, before we wrap up this show, please take a few minutes to write me a review and let me know what you think of the show, what you like, what you don't like. I wanna make this show better for you each and every single week. So by rating the show from one to five stars, hopefully it's five stars, and reviewing the show, leaving comments in that section, it will only help make this show grow. And you could do that on Apple podcast. Now, you can follow the show on Twitter at Subway to Shea. Listen and subscribe to the show on Anchor.fm. Like I mentioned before, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. Turn on those notifications to never miss an episode of Subway to Shea. You can also find Subway to Shea on YouTube. This podcast is available on the HSP Network. 
Catch me alongside the flagship show, The High Spot Podcast, which covers all things professional wrestling. Just search High Spot Podcast on YouTube or youtube.com slash highspotpodcast and make sure to subscribe today. And from this point forward, you're also going to be able to see some exclusive content like my State of the Mets address on that YouTube channel for the HSP Network. I'm going to leave that link in the description of today's show. So make sure to subscribe and watch, and that will do it for this week's episode of the Subway to Shape podcast. Always remember to listen, subscribe, share, and review. For Anthony Rivera, you've been listening to Subway to Shea. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets.